Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Woo, it's Mother's Day. The best day for mothers because hopefully we get fed and the dishes get done and all those things. All right, let's pray and we'll get into this message. God, thank you so much for this Mother's Day. Thank you for every mom that is here. I pray you bless them today. I pray that they feel blessed by their children. And um, I thank you for all the future moms and for all the aunts that are here. God, we just bless them and we just thank you for the gift that they are to us. And I pray that as I release this message today that it will get into the heart of each and every person, God, and that um, we will all leave here changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to open up with Ecclesiastes 3. Um, starting in verse 1, and you guys can follow along with me on the screens. Reading from the NIV, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, time to give up. As you can see, it just keeps going and going. A time for war and a time for peace. Let's skip down to verse 11. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. So everything beautiful in its time. There's a time and a season for everything. I love the King James Version of Ecclesiastes 1. It says, to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Today, I want to talk to you all about seasons. I am not preaching a Mother's Day message, okay? I'll talk about you mothers, but I really felt in my heart because I know that our church is very diverse and we not all of us are mothers in here. So I really felt in my heart to speak to you about seasons today. It's something that's been on my heart for the last couple of years and God has been speaking to me a lot about seasons and I want to share it with you this morning. Um, right now, my season, as you all know, is motherhood. I have four children. That is my season that I am in. I am in the midst of it. I have little children. This is what my kids look like. They're so cute. They look so perfect in that picture. This is what my floor looks like every single night after dinner. As you can see, let me tell you, there's pasta on the ground, just mess. I mean, every, every inch of my countertop is covered, and it takes me probably an hour and a half after the kids go to bed every single night to clean my floors, to clean my counters, to wash up and reset the day. <laughs> this is what a crying baby looks like, just in case you guys don't know. That was when my twins were little and just screaming at me, and I had no idea what to do because there's two of them. You can't even hear it, but it, it's pretty, it's pretty ear, ear piercing. So that is my season right now. Um, so over Christmas, my husband and I, we are from Michigan, Indiana, and we flew home to visit our family for Christmas. And four kids, just Matt and I, two of them were 10 months old. So as you can imagine, we have lots of stuff. We have our car seats, our stroller, bags, and the children. So um, it's pretty chaotic. We got up to the gate, and we have our car seats. And I was like, okay, Matt, you unpack the car seats. He's got to put them in bags so they don't get wet, and the stroller, and you take all the bags. I'll take the children. All I have to do is walk on the plane into the back. It can't be that hard, right? So I put one baby on one hip, Matt puts the other baby on my other hip, and then I say, okay, big kids, just walk all the way back, because for some reason, we're always in the back of the plane. I don't know why they put us there, but they do. Um, 
So we get on, we start walking, and I realized as I start walking out of the plane that the outfits I had put the babies in were very slippery. They were not, they were, the material was so slippery that I was losing them. They were falling down, and I'm like, oh no, okay. I have to get all the way back to like row 32, and I'm at row three, and they're falling. So I make it halfway through the plane, and I see one open seat. The entire plane was boarded because we thought, oh, we'll go last on because we just want to sit and take off. Like, we don't want to even, like, mess with, like, any extra time. So I see one open seat in the, in the fire exit. So I told the kids, just stop, and I got to readjust. So I sit down. Everybody on the plane is watching me, as you can imagine, this lady, crazy lady by herself with four children. So I sit down, and I... I pick them up on me and I readjust and then I stand up and I forgot that the overhead was above me. So I go boom and I hit it with all the force in the world and the entire plane goes <gasps> all in unison like I was in a movie and I was this close to smashing Maverick's head and I mean the looks that people gave me all like I, they thought I was a crazy lady. Then I keep walking down my head's pounding and the babies are slipping so people in the aisle are boosting the baby's butts as I'm walking down to make sure they don't fall. And then I finally sit down and a flight attendant has the audacity to come up to me and say, excuse me ma'am, did you know that you can't fly by yourself with, with two babies? And I'm like, lady, are you kidding me? Like, my husband's coming. Of course I'm not by myself. And then the looks, guys, it was, it was a story. So anyways, just all that to say, I am in a crazy season of motherhood. I, it's all on. It takes all of me. And that is my season. The Bible talks a lot about seasons. Titus 1.3 says, And which now at his appointed season he is brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of our God and Savior. Psalm 1.3 says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Deuteronomy 28.12 says, The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, and send rain on your land in season, and to bless the work of your hands. In season, in season. I firmly believe that God works in our lives in seasons. Now, the world has four seasons. We all know them, right? Spring, summer, fall, and winter. Here in Florida, we don't experience that. We just experience dry summer and wet summer. That's all we get. <laughs> I'm from Michigan, so I know that we have seasons. There's spring, summer, fall, and winter. There's a time to plant, right? There's a time to harvest. At the same thing goes for our lives. There's different seasons for our lives. I'm in a season of planting and watering right now. I'm in the spring season, right? My husband and I planted this church. We're watering the church, right? We, my, my babies can't even sustain life without me. I feed them. I clothe them, right? I set up their schedules so they nap, so they can grow, so they can sleep at night, so they can grow. Everything I'm doing is causing them to grow. When you submit your life to Christ, you're handing him the keys, and you're basically saying, God, lead me, guide me, right? Give me the, what are the seasons and the times that you have for my life? What do you have in mind? Because he makes it all beautiful in his time like we read in Ecclesiastes. Let's take our rose here, our beautiful roses that our ladies have. You guys can wave them like you just don't care. No? Okay. Um, in order to get this rose to grow, there has to be right components in place, right? A rose is not going to grow in winter. It's going to be dormant. It's not going to grow. Nothing's genetically wrong with a rose. It's just not its time yet. So once you have the time right, and it's time to plant the seed, there's components to a healthy garden. Any gardeners? Do I have any gardeners in here? Any? A couple? Okay. I'm not real. Wow, we do not have green thumbs in this place. Um, I am not a gardener. Basically, all the plants die that are underneath my care. But I do know that you have to have the right location. You have to have sunshine. You have to have water. You have to have really good soil. 
You have to have the timing right, like we talked about, the season. And then you have to fertilize it, give it food. So a rose can come, become beautiful and can grow. Without all those components working together, it's never going to grow to its full potential. Just like you don't have a child, mothers, right? And it just all of a sudden blooms into a perfectly healthy adult. No, it takes years of training, diaper changes, bathroom, tra training to use the bathroom, going to school, all the training and coaching. And eventually, they'll bloom into a healthy adult. There's nothing genetically wrong with you right now if you're not blooming because it may not just be your season to bloom yet. We need to learn what God has placed inside of us for the season that we are in. In your life, there's a right time to plant. There's a right location for you to plant in. There's a time to water it and a time for it to grow and to bloom. Now that I am the ripe age of 35 years old, I have seen God move in my life in many different seasons. Um, there's my childhood season, right? You all had the childhood season, which I really don't remember too much of, just glimpses. My teenage season, that's when I came to know the Lord um, at 13. And then as a teenager, I just pursued him. So I had that really great time of just going to church and learning and growing in, in God. And at 17, um, I didn't have any friends. I think they thought I was a Jesus freak, so they didn't want to be my friend. But um, I would go to my room and I would just pray. I would pray for hours and hours. I didn't know at that time that in that season, God was developing me and getting my identity firm in him. So I didn't have the friends and all the normal high school things, but because I had to grow in my, my relationship with him, I was in a season of isolation, but it was for a purpose. Um, and little did I know that God was going to have me get married really young. I got married um, at 18, turned 19 on my honeymoon, so I've been married for a very long time. Um, but I didn't know that God was working in me in those seasons, um, preparing me for that. So I had our young, married, blissful, we're young and we're married season. I was in school. Um, so it was that college season. Um, and then there was a season where I wanted to become a mom. So there was that season preparing for that. And then I became a mom. And then I've been in this motherhood season for the last eight years. And then there was a season where we planted the church. There's been all these different seasons. And I know you all can identify with the different seasons that you've been in in your life. Um, and then there's the twins. That's been a whole nother season. But I want to let you know that there are seasons that were uncomfortable on my 35-year journey. Not every season is flowers and butterflies and rainbows, as you guys know. Um, back in 2017, um, before uh, we planted our church, we were living with my in-laws in Indiana. And I had just given birth to my son, Zeeland, and we had this dream in our hearts to plant a church in South Florida. And we had no money. We had no health insurance. We, had, we sold our cars. All of our stuff, like I said, was in the garage in my in-laws. And I remember um, feeling just very out of place because I had so much in my heart that I knew wanted to come forth, but I was not in the right season and in the right place. So what I did was I started to shift my perspective. Instead of looking at my season and being like, whoa, it's me. I don't have a home. I don't have a nursery. You get on Instagram, you see everyone's nurseries for their babies. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm just here living with my in-laws, right? Which they were a blessing. But I turned it into prayer. So what I did was instead of saying, woe is me, I would literally, my little three-month-old baby boy, I would be walking the halls praying. My little girl, she was three at the time. She was having night terrors and tantrums, and it was crazy. Um, and I just had to 
turn my perspective. I said, you know what, God, I'm going to use this season that's really rough, really uncomfortable with huge dreams that are in our hearts, and I'm going to turn it and shift my, my perspective towards heaven. So I would pray. I would be walking the halls with my screaming baby and be like, God, move us to Florida. Use us to plant a church. God, use our lives. I would just be praying out what I wanted to see in my next season because I knew that it was temporary. It was a season that I had to make my way through. Some of you may be in an uncomfortable season right now. Some of you may be trying to figure out what you're called to do. Maybe you're in college and you're just trying to figure it out, or maybe you're, you're um, just in school, just going through the grind of life. Maybe you're wanting to be a mother and you're not even there yet, and you have these dreams to be a mom, but you just can't seem to get to that. Um, maybe some of you are like me, with busy with little kids, and you can't even think straight because all you're doing is scrubbing and cleaning and wiping butts. Should I say that? That's what we're doing. Uh, maybe you're an empty nester and you're trying to figure out what that looks like. What does that new season of not having your kids under your roof anymore look like? It's so important to identify what season that you're currently in. Let's read Galatians 6.9. It says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Say, do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, proper season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Can I tell you that when I was pregnant with the twins, I have some pictures of me pregnant with the twins, I think. I put them up here just so you guys can see how large I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? That was really, yeah. I literally, I literally couldn't move off my couch. I could not move off my couch. I sat there, look at, I had my computer, my Bible. I have my back. This is my back brace. If I stood up, I had to put that on or I felt like my belly was going to fall off my body. Drinking my smoothies. Yeah, that was my life. I wanted to give up. I, from 30 weeks on, I was in horrible agony. Every bone in my body hurt. I couldn't move my body. The weight and the pressure of carrying the two babies. Every time I go to my doctor every week, I say, please move my C-section date. Please. It was made for 38 weeks. Every day was a struggle, let me tell you. Not just weeks. Every day was a struggle. So like, please, even just a day. Can you just give me a week off? Just like 37 weeks, maybe. And he just kept saying, no, no, we're not moving the date. I'm like, please, you don't understand. I'm just dying. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Because he knew that every day, every week, the babies were in there, they would be developed. Babies don't even fully develop until they're 38 weeks, their lungs. And even some, even at 40 weeks, their lungs aren't fully developed until then. So my doctor knew that even though I was suffering, it was for a purpose, and it was for the babies to come to a full, a full term, right? It wasn't my time yet. I wanted it to be my time, but it wasn't my time yet. Sometimes there is suffering in your waiting. And we at the church, we don't like to talk about suffering, do we? But it's a real thing. Sometimes we have to suffer in our current season. I wanted to rush it, but it wasn't good for them. We have to walk through tough seasons sometimes. But it's our attitude and our posture towards God that matters in those seasons. I was not very good in my suffering season with the babies. Let me tell you, I was crying. I was in misery. But it was all for a purpose. And what you're walking through is for a purpose. Listen to what the Apostle Paul went through. This is my check, y'all, okay? Anytime I want to cry about my life and I want to feel like, oh, man, God's not with me, my life sucks, this is the verse I read, okay? So if you ever have a woe is me, I want you guys to read this verse, okay? 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 27. 
are they servants of Christ? I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Has anybody in here experienced all those things or worse? No hands. Okay. This is our check, y'all, okay? This is what we need to say, wow. Okay, that was a rough season. And then Paul goes to say in Philippians 4.12, listen to this. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having abundance or being in need. So Paul learned how to live in difficult seasons and easy seasons. His identity was firm in Christ. His posture was towards heaven. His purpose was for God's kingdom. So yes, there can be suffering in your season, but there's also grace for your season. There's also grace for your season. So if I pick up this board here, and if I run my hand with the grain, wait, which way is the grain even going this way? I was going the wrong way, y'all. If you run your hand along the grain, it feels smooth, right? It feels smooth and things are good and flowing. But if I turn it and I run, I hope I don't get a splinter, run my hand through, yeah, I'm going to get a splinter if I do that. Run my hand against the grain, things are frustrated, right? Things are very frustrating. Smooth going this way and frustrated going this way. Something doesn't feel right. I'm going to get splinters. We want to flow with what God is doing in our lives. Because when we work against the season God has us in, we're going to be frustrated we're going to be irritated, right? We're going to be quick to anger because we're not flowing with what God has for us. But it, we want to embrace our season and flow with where God is taking us through our season. So are you flowing with your season or are you going against the grain and frustrating your season? Years ago, one of my mentors told me this statement and it changed my life. She said, wherever you are, be there 100%. 100% in your season, engaged no matter how good it is or how tough it is. So we can learn and grow and receive all that God has for us in our season. Because in those tough seasons, I feel like that's when our grit comes and our, and our, our firmness in Christ comes. Because in easy seasons, you don't really need to believe for anything. You're like, oh, it's good. Like, I'm comfortable. But when you go through those tough seasons, something has to rise up in your heart. And something has to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to get through this with God. I'm so happy that I chose in my season of 2017 when it was really rough. I'm happy that I chose to be 100% engaged in that season. Because I don't think that I would have seen the blessings on the other side of that season. I began, a year later, I was walking in what I was praying out the year before. Like even down to the things I would pray, I was like, God, give me good friendships. God had given it to me the year later. You know, I was like, God, I want a nursery for my son. I was able to have that. You know, it's like in those tough seasons, we're praying out what God has for us in the next season. I think of Paul in prison. He didn't just sit there in prison in misery. He would talk to others about Christ. He worshiped, he prayed. Even in the most difficult season in jail, he was 100% present. In fact, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, all from his jail cell. And those four books have blessed the body of Christ for 2,000 years. 
So he took that difficult, horrible season. Can you imagine how those jails were not like our American jails, okay? Like, go look up, like, ancient Roman and uh, jails. It was pretty rough. So he chose um, to not stay stuck in that season, but to shift his mind and to shift his, his eyes towards Jesus. When I was in a season of waiting to be a mother, Matt and I were youth pastoring in North Miami. And um, God spoke to me during that time because it was a really rough season for me. Again, I'm sharing with you my rough seasons, so hopefully I can relate with y'all this morning. Um, and I had a miscarriage, and it was months and months and months of wanting to have a baby and nothing, nothing, nothing. And I really feel like God spoke to me in that season. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to turn that pain. I want you to love on the girls that are in your ministry as if they were your own flesh. And so that's what I began to do. I just, God put these girls in my life and I just began to love on them. And that was my sweetest years of ministry. I look back in that time and never had I loved ministry so much as I did in those years that it was really tough because I chose to shift my focus. And yes, it was hard and yes, I still cry that I wasn't pregnant, but I began to pour my life into others and to take that difficult season and turn it towards what God had for me. Because when I did become a mother, I couldn't minister like I did before. I couldn't spend the time with those girls like I did before, not because I didn't want to, but because I physically couldn't, because I had to take care of a baby, an infant. And then I remember during that time, I would get so frustrated when I first became a mom because I couldn't get anything done. Like, I'm a go-getter, I'm type A, like, I get a million tasks done. For the last eight years of my life, guys, I can't get done what I used to get done. In my young 20s, man, I ran, I got so much done, I did a television show, we ministered, I traveled, so many things I did because that was the season God had me. But when God shifted me to motherhood, I was frustrated, y'all. I couldn't do nothing. I remember I would go against the ground and be frustrated, like, why can't I get anything done? Why can't I get anything done? And baby crying in the background. And I had to reshift my focus again. Like, that's not my season anymore. My season is to raise up this little girl and to be there 100% for her. Motherhood is powerful. You have the opportunity to raise up somebody for the glory of God. I look at my children, I think, God, who is this person you've given me? What are they called to do? And how can I help guide them and train them to be everything you've called them to be? Now, not everyone has a mother like that, right? Is everyone like, whoa, I wish I had a mom like that. Maybe sitting here thinking, man, my mother never did that for me. I bet she never even prayed for me. Or maybe you're not looking at your motherhood that way, but there's grace for that. Maybe your mother didn't have the tools in her hands that you have. Maybe your mother didn't have the relationship with God like you have. You can be that change with God. He has anointed you to parent the kids that you have. I don't want to parent on my own. I need the Holy Spirit's help and his guidance. So to close this morning, I have three questions for each and every one of you. The first one is, do you know what season you're in? Can you identify the current season you're in? Number two, are you flowing or frustrating your season? Are you taking it for all it's worth? Or are you frustrating with it by working against it and trying to get out of it? Question number three. What shift in your mind and heart do you need to make so that you can be engaged 100% in your season? There's always little tiny shifts we can make. You know, you may be enjoying your season, but there's still ways to grow and to become all that God's called you to be. If everyone could just um, close their eyes and bow their head, I want you to have a moment with God right now. No distractions. I know we're going to go out to eat after this and bless your moms. But right now, I just want you to have a moment with God. I want you to ask yourself and God, what season 
that he has you in. Are you flowing with it? Ask for the Lord's help as you flow and shift your mind towards it. If anyone here, if you don't have that relationship with God that I've been talking about and you want a relationship with God, or maybe you did and you kind of got distracted with life and you want to come back to that, can you just raise your hand? I'm the only one looking. I would just love the opportunity to pray with you. I just want to make sure everyone in here is good with God. Thank you. Let's, let's pray this together. Say, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as penalty for my sin. And I receive your mercy and your grace. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Lord and Savior of my life. From now on, help me live for you with you in control of my seasons. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I just thank you for every person that's here this morning. I thank you for the call that you have on their lives. I pray that you reveal to them what season you have them in. And I pray that they submit to that season, God, and they take it for everything you have for them in it, God, that they will grow and they will learn and they will become everything that you call them to be. I pray that they surrender their will to your will, God, because you have the best in store for them, God. You don't want them to stay stuck, God. You want them to, to be moving on towards what you have them to be. So I thank you, God, that you have blessings on the other side of their seasons, God. Things may look cloudy now, but I know, God, that you are the one that brings clarity. So, God, I thank you for them. I thank you, God. I thank you that you revealed to them, even if it's not right now, God, that tonight as they go home, God, that you will speak to your people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you reveal it to them, God. I thank you, God, that they'll embrace their seasons, God. I thank you, God, this church becomes everything you've called it to be and each and every person in it. And God, I thank you for all the mothers this morning. I pray they embrace their season 100%, even in the chaos and the mess. God, that they will rise up to the challenge of raising these people, God, for your glory, God. I pray you bless them today, God. I pray, Father God, that your blessing will go on them, God. The Bible says that they will raise up and be called blessed. So we call those mothers blessed this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing day.